that long day behind you Good times lie ahead With company worth keeping Then I'll bash a smile on your head Come on in, the door's open You'll find just the finest folks here Pull up a chair, grab a drink And lend our stories your ear Cause we're the talk, talk, talk in the tavern Here you're always welcome The talk, talk, talk in the tavern Promising beer and bed love The talk Medicine, then some to talk, talk, talk to the And welcome to Talk of the Tavern. I'm Travis Sivart. Check out TravisSivart.com for some incredible fantasy and sci-fi served fast. Uh, my vices tonight is some Coke Zero in my Talk of the Tavern pint glass. I see Andrea's got her Talk of the Tavern mug. And I've also got some bourbon and some fine autumn evening tobacco and a Savinelli tonight. What about you, Ed? I My vices tonight are water. You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna ease my way back up here in a little bit. Okay. Oh, water for now. Okay. How about you, Andrea? Well, I have my taco the tavern cup, and in it is hot tea, and I have a bag of pecans. That's my vices. What but about you, Rachel? Uh, my advice today is the Amber Sunset Tea from Good Earth. They didn't sponsor this podcast i'm just really hoping if more people demand it they put it back on the shelf that'd be good here, here. <clears throat> there we go we need an opening toast yes we do considering our topic is costume culture appropriation ah uh, here's to appreciating other people's culture and representation yeah. now let's argue about that shit so, <laughs> there's whole songs out there about that that I love. A lot of the parody songs where they talk about, you know, how you can't do that and is it ridiculous or not. Now, I'm going to state it clearly here. I'm a white guy, so I guess I could dress Irish or, or German and not be offensive. Um, I haven't had a genetic test. I don't know actually what I can represent genetically and not cross a line because apparently you can wear your own. Bob. Yeah, we need Bob. Bob was a viewer who went and got a genetic test and found out he was 0.04% black. So since he found that out, as he was a, a strong black, black brother, too, he was, he was proud of that shit. Being kept down by the man. Yep. <laughs> so what do you think? Can we wear... A sombrero and a poncho. Can we wear a geisha outfit? Can we? What can we do? What can we do? What are we allowed I mean, to do? I mean, it's also kind of weird because we've had such a globalized. Uh, I don't know the words, but like you've relocated globally. The 1900s made it so easy for people to just move across the world. So you could be, you know black and living in China and be Chinese. You speak Chinese, you've grown up in China, but does that mean you can't wear traditional Chinese clothing? Like that doesn't make sense to me. I think it becomes appropriation when you start using it as a joke and not just like, oh, I really appreciate this character even though they're not like me, or I really appreciate this culture and I want to embody it. I think that's appreciation 
but the appropriation is like you're using it as the butt of a joke. <clears throat> Who decides if it's a joke or appreciation? That's the problem. Mm, that's it. Yeah. You know, if I walk into a costume party <clears throat> and I'm dressed as a samurai or a Polynesian dancer or something like this, mm -hmm. and I'm obviously a white guy. Mm -hmm. If somebody is just, bam, right now, offended, how dare you? Did I do wrong or are they wrong? In just a second. <laughs> Why? You want more? I'll yeah. give you more. Go on it. We are, this country is probably the biggest melting pot in the world. And we talk about uh, all the time getting to know one another and appreciating one another and embracing one another. What better way to embrace one another than to wear the dress of another culture? That's the way I see it. Um, you guys dressed up one time in Indian costumes, mm -hmm. thoughts, not feathers. And you, you look great. You look absolutely fucking awesome. And for somebody to be offended about that is simply ridiculous. In a couple places, we've worn that. Go ahead, Andrea. I was kind of worried. Uh, we were working a convention one year at a hotel. And most of the staff, and I believe the owners, they, they're Indians. Um, like from India. And I had brought my my costume, my sari, and all that, and I was worried that they would be offended. And Travis and I, we spoke to them about it, and before wearing it, before wearing it, and then that whole day I was wearing it, they were happy. I mean, because I didn't do it in a bad way. I I really liked the outfit. The All the aunties came out and grabbed Andrea and dragged her off. Go on, Andrea. Tell the rest. Hannah. I got Hannah done. They're like, you look so wonderful. You look beautiful. Come with us. Let us do Hannah for you. And yeah. And by the way, where we got the outfits was at an Indian oh, festival. Awesome. We went to an Indian mm -hmm. festival here in Richmond that we go to almost every year. And we it's tend Festival of India. A, a taste of India, isn't it? I think that's what it is this year, okay. but yes. And every year we buy a new outfit. And I have three or four outfits, and so does Andrea. I have one myself. I love it. It's comfortable. It is. It is. I love it for wearing around the house. I'll wear it when I stream sometimes because it is just comfy. And Yeah, and when I wear it, it's not anything to I, i'm not trying to make fun of anybody or anything i just really appreciate the clothes so i don't but i i agree you can wear it as a joke you know if you're dressing as pancho villa from the 1940s movies and you're carrying a bottle of tequila and talking in a horrible accent well, that's not quite appreciating the culture, is it? <clears throat> no. But I can wear lederhosen and, and nobody blinks twice. Mm. 
So, and where do you draw the line? I mean, if you make Mexican food or Indian food or Chinese food, are you appropriating? I, I've been I've been waiting for that. I, you know, with with the canceling uh, canceling of, of certain items, Uncle Ben's rice and Aunt Jemima. God, the cancel Aunt Jemima. That just that tears me up. But anyway, I, I've been waiting for we cannot lo- no longer call it Mexican food, or we can no longer call it Indian food, or so forth and so on. I, I, I'm waiting for that. But here's like the other question: If there is like a Mexican food restaurant, like it's family owned and it's owned by people from Mexico, or the family was from Mexico and right. been passed down, can they still call it Mexican food, or is that no longer okay? Well, we haven't reached that point yet. And by the way, I worked in a Mexican restaurant for 18 months and it was owned by four brothers who were, they're American now. They were born and raised in Mexico, came here. They're citizens. They're Americans now. And if you ask them, they'll say, I'm American. Yeah, I do the same. And I came from Belize, lived all over the world, but living here for so long, this is my home and I got my citizenship. I When I ask, you know, what's my nationality, I tell them I'm American. I've lived here most of my life and this this is my home. This is my country. This is my home. Right. It's, but these folks, they invited us over for Christmas and New Year's. Their parents came in and their mother did all the cooking. It was an incredible experience. And work, when working at the restaurant, I'd eat the restaurant food and then I'd go to the wives of the owners and go, when you're at home and make this dish that I enjoy here, how do you make it at home? And I tell you what, my Mexican food game has really stepped up because of that experience. And <clears throat> we can order off a of Mexican, because a lot of Americans, a lot of white people, when they order off a Mexican thing, they go straight to the combo platter. I can pick a taco and a quesadilla and get beans and rice. They don't understand the rest. And I didn't either when I first stepped into that restaurant. But something I did learn is in a Mexican restaurant for the people from Mexico, pretty much everything is a taco. If you have a tortilla and you're putting something in the tortilla, it's a taco. So when you when you have fajitas, real place did a did a bit on that too. I think if I remember, he did a joke. He's like, you know, he took a friend that had never had Mexican food and was asking, "What's a taco? Oh, it's delicious. There's a tortilla, and you have like meat and beans and cheese and lettuce and sour cream. It's delicious. Oh, okay. What's a burrito? Are you gonna love it? It's a tortilla, but it's got meat and cheese and beans. It's delicious. What's a tostada? It's a do-it-yourself kit." Or something like that. Something like that. Gabriel Iglesias made the joke. Right. Right. And thank goodness for comedians um, of of all nationalities that are able to make a joke about these sort of things and continue the the humor and the beauty of sharing through laughter. Mm -hmm. Because I think without them, the world would be a little more terrifying when it comes to cancel culture. Um, I mean, that's that's how they did Jojo Rabbit, too, is that they took something horrific mm. like Hitler Youth and just made it so preposterous, so bombastic, so ridiculous to make fun of it. It took away the power of what this evil prince's presence is because they're laughing at it, at how ridiculous it is, because it's over-exaggerated. 
Well, you want to talk about cultural appropriation. Are we all familiar of the roots of the swastika? Mm-hmm. I thought it was the inverted symbol of peace from Korea or something. Yep. Was it Korea? I don't know. Andrew? I think it's Korea, but I'm not sure. Andrea, do you remember where it originated? I'm not sure. I no, Okay, none of us remember, but yeah, it's very old, as Gary just said very in old. chat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it was taken by the Third Reich, Tibetan, Gary says. Okay, so that sounds about right. Mm -hmm. um, somewhere Asian. And <clears throat> so, yeah, they took something, and here's something we can no longer use that symbol without it being represented of something it did not represent at all. And Gary says, maybe. Okay, so he's not sure either. It's somebody will Google it. We'll find out. Um, and also, frankly, the Charlie Chaplin mustache, nobody could wear that anymore either. <laughs> Charlie Chaplin was the last white guy that could ever have that mustache and get away with it. It's... Mm. Thanks, Hitler. Actually, I don't, I don't even like that style of mustache. Hitler, no. It's just... Mm. Mm. I think it's like the equivalent of like a predecessor to the soul patch, how in the 90s that was a big thing, but it just kind of marked you as being a total douche. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not that Charlie Chaplin was a douche, guys, but, you know, since then, yeah, a little patch of fur that looks like it's a caterpillar that settled in to hang out and chill. Yeah, a bit douchey, a bit douchey. Um, <laughs> not counting unibrows, they're still okay. I'm looking at Bert from Sesame Street on this one. Wait, did Bert have a... It's been so long since I've seen Sesame Street. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, he did. Unibrow. Unibrow. Yep. Hmm. That and the... Uh, anyhow. It's... And I think um, with cultural appropriation and with Halloween coming up on us... Uh, I think the ones we get in the crossfire are little kids who they just see their favorite princess or their favorite yeah. superhero mm -hmm. and they don't understand what cultural appropriation is. They just mm -hmm. want to embody this character that they love and the, the only way they can comprehend it because like they're small. They don't understand the world. They're right. small. The only exactly. way they can comprehend it is I want to dress like my favorite superhero. I want mm -hmm. to dress like my favorite princess. Right. It's kind of wrong of us to take out this very complicated adult topic and expect children to understand it yeah because you guys know I, my favorite disney princess is mulan 100 that's my girl i like tiana she built her own business and um, she made baked goods so, yeah so speaking of cultural appropriation and costuming i have an event i'm going to and i'm going to wear a costume i will be a flamingo is that appropriating their culture? Well, since the flamingos can't speak for themselves. It, I think it depends on which flamingo. Are you doing the lesser flamingo or the greater no. flamingo? That happens for be... most of the cultures, Travis. They don't speak for themselves. Yeah. Somebody else speaks for them. They tell them it's wrong. That's true. How do you know what? Okay. Rachel, you said you're mm -hmm. from Belize originally, mm -hmm. um, which I really, yeah. I, I'm planning on doing some research about your country and learning a little more because I know like nothing about Belize to be honest with you and Ed you've spoken outspokenly 
talked about Song of the South and other such things. Mm -hmm. Have you guys ever done something in your culture, while in Western culture, that somebody called you on? That you can't do that anymore? Something from uh, Belizean culture that's come to the U.S. they would have called me on. Uh, probably the closest was that I still had a little bit of an accent. And because I looked like this, they were like, what's wrong with you? Hot? So I washed it out as a child. So just to kind of like fit in. It's like, oh, all right. But so you've actually had somebody call you on it then? Yeah. Wow. It's because... They have an accent, and I've long since lost it. Okay. It's an, it's a... So I'm curious, who called you out? Was it like a straight-up white person, or was it somebody <laughs> of Central American, South American descent that went, hey, you can't do that? No, it was uh, just older kids on the playground. That They're white and Mexican kids that... Uh, were kind of like looking at me like, why do you sound weird? Like, why do you sound like that? You look this way. You don't, like people who look like that don't sound this way. They sound this way. So I don't think it was a prejudice thing. I think it was just kids trying to make sense of the world. Okay. And, you know, one of these things is not like the other. Okay. Ed? Um, I, I take it when you say done something of my culture, you say something that is stereotypically considered black i'm, I'm sure i'm guessing uh, not really so much to say i often i often catch it on the other end like years ago uh i when i first got into kayaking somebody was like black people don't kayak uh yeah i do <laughs> okay you know, I, I often catch it on, on that end, such as everybody expects that I vote a certain way because I'm black. Mm -hmm. No, I don't. See, but Ed's also often seen in public wearing a kilt yeah. and a camo ball cap with a Confederate flag on it. it. It has happened. And have you ever gotten shit for that? Oh, sure. I, I, I had two guys try to... Uh, not a Confederate flag, but I was okay. wearing the uh, the Gatson flag. That's the one with the snake on it. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The don't um, tread on me thing. Yeah, don't tread on me. And I actually had two guys wanted to kick my ass because they wanted to know why I was wearing that racist flag on my cap. But I had to give them a history lesson and avoided the ass kicking. But yeah. How'd that go? Oh, it went well. Good to hear. I made a mistake. I was sitting down when they approached me and they allowed me to stand up. So it went very well. <laughs> and was Teresa with you? No, she was not. Oh, okay. It's, uh... I mean, there's also a lot of that um, from city people perspectives. I'm going to use terms like city people and country people. Yeah. That there's this expectation that people who live in the country are either sunburnt looking or pasty, mayo-shaped white. And they're hoo-hahs, and they're just, like, off, you know, with their guns and their horses and getting drunk all night. That, that, no. The hardest-working ranchers for the upstarts are 
black families and anyone from the LGBT because they have their friends and family that are like, oh, you're going to go out in the country and start a farm? Like, we don't do that. So I think they kind of take it personally and put in a lot more legwork to kind of show them, no, I can do this too. Uh, we had a couple of, and they're friends now, but there's they were uh, clients when I first met them. And there were two boys from Orange County that they had come into an inheritance. And one of the things they always wanted to do is they always wanted to have their little bit of land and like start a little farm. That was their dream was they wanted to have the farm life. And we were all a little bit cynical, not because they were gay, but because they're very skinny and flamboyant and very like hands are perfectly manicured. Like you're going to get mm -hmm. really dirty, really burnt really fast. I don't think you're going to make it, but they're still here. And yeah, they've cleared out their land. They have a functional uh, way to grow their meat. They have their orchard started. They have their vegetable garden going. They've got their uh, pastry stand that they have going every other weekend. They're doing some event there. So like they're, they're doing it. They're living their dream. They're also a lot more muscly now, a lot more naturally tan now. <laughs> I'm sure. sure. And I, I do tease them a little bit. I'm like, CJ, when you first got here, you were like a little bird. Now look at you. You're like the gun show. Wait, do that again? Gun show. Look at that, Andrew. Look at those good arms. Nice. <laughs> no, they're not that big. No, they're not, not that still. big, but they're toned. They're toned. So well done. You're definitely a country girl instead of the city girl, I guess, right? And again, well, I guess the I, city folks, when they're toned, you could tell it was done in a gym. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Uh, any any muscle is from moving 40 to 80 pound sacks of feed and dragging like 120 pounds, you know, hay bales uphill. Like, I'm going to hurt tomorrow. See, but we've also discussed, not on the show, but you and I, we've mm -hmm. discussed how a lot of people will look at you and go, oh, you can't lift that. And you're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and you do. Oh, yeah, because that did happen recently um, with one of the many volunteer programs. I've been a volunteer for like the last 15 years. And half the time, if I'm not answering letters or doing phone calls or like trying to like you know, persuade someone like, oh, no, you should totally donate to this because it's going to make you look really good. And then we can, you know, say it's in thanks to blah, 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 the whole PR thing. Mm -hmm. uh, if they need extra boots on the ground, I'm there. I'm so mega sweaty. Doesn't matter what time of year it is <laughs> because it's just go, go, go. Something is heavy. It needs to be gone from point A to point B. Load it up, unload it, whatever the case is. So this last time, what were we moving? I don't even remember what it was, but uh, the the sack of it, it was rice is what it was. And the, and, uh, the sacks are about 65 pounds-ish. Um, and one of them had fallen off the forklift and I just went up, I didn't think about it, ran up to go and grab it. There's a couple of guys who are like, oh, no, 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 we'll get that. It's too heavy. I'm <laughs> what? I did not hear you. It's amazing what you can do when you know where your center of gravity is and how to use leverage. Yeah. Well, my center of gravity is in my thighs, so. Right. <laughs> if you know how your body works, John says, that's a big sack. And I worked with Gary, who's here in chat. Why, thank you. 
One of the stories I told you where I would lift things and move them across a room when I was working with Gary. <clears throat> Gary saw these guys look at me and question me, like, how the hell did you just lift that? You know, because I'm not a big guy. I'm 5'7". Yeah. I may have once almost been 5'8". I'm no longer that tall. It's, uh, but yeah, it's. Well, I am 5'8", and my long princess hair, so maybe that's the reason. Andrea? So what I'm hearing is you have these chores on your ranch. You should open mm -hmm. an Airbnb so people can pay you to do your chores. Have we told you about that when we went to the Hobbit house? So, so that they pay me to do my chores. Yeah. Travis and they just chores. do it. They, they do the chores and I get to sit back and watch. Yeah. Yeah. When we yeah. went to the Hobbit house, we looked for like, hey, what local things can we do if we want to run around and do something fun? And we looked up local things and some of it was go to this person's farm and you can milk their cows and you can yeah, feed right. their goats and you can do this and you can do this. You can move the hay bales and you got to pay them to do this. It was Tom <laughs> Sawyer all over again. You get five hours of fun for only $35. And we get to watch you as you do our chores. I'm like, I know that. I live around farms. No. And Gary clarified. I they mean, thought Travis was soggy. So, yeah. I would love to do that um, if I had more space, like, make some sort of B&B accommodation. Because... What I would really, really love is there's a property next door and it's 69 acres. No, that's not a joke. That's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just 69 acres. I don't, mm -hmm. but it's, it's got this beautiful stream that kind of cuts through it. And I would love to just have that property so I can just do more with it and then outsource this one to be that kind of B&B, &B, get your farm experience here, you know? <laughs> yeah. A little different from a dude ranch, but similar concept. Yeah, but then yeah. guys are like, are you men enough to... I don't know. I just know. call it 69 I, acres of fun. I had to tell that to, <laughs> uh, to one of my clients that he was having problems with his sheep. His sheep was lambing out for the first time, and there was some complication. And I stopped what I was doing. I drove 35 minutes to go and meet him at his ranch. And uh, I was... I had to I had to reach into the U and like feel and like oh you know they're kind of buckled in there you're gonna have to reach in you're gonna have to pull her out I'm not gonna do it for you because you need to learn how to do this and he said okay let me get some gloves I said like, you don't have time for gloves man up reach in there and pull out that <laughs> and his boyfriend was walking by in a nice suit going to his nice car for whatever events he was going to. Stops mid stride to look over, and now anytime, anytime this poor man complains about something, his boyfriend tells them to man. <laughs> <laughs> nice, a phrase that can rarely be used, but you found the right place to use it. <laughs> it's. But only because I found the right place to use it. I think it's just frustration and then timing. <laughs> right. <clears throat> and by the way, Bree says, "Oh my God, that'd be so pretty too, Rachel. Little house on the prairie vibes." It's, uh, and by the way, John said uh, uh, with the Airbnb, it's called supervising, madam. So, okay, let's wrap up this topic. Going back to costume culture appropriation or costume, cultural costumes being appropriation. 
I'm just trying to think, have you guys ever seen somebody dressed, even if they're doing it tongue-in-cheek as a joke, looked at them and went, you are an asshole because you wore that outfit? No, not me. I do reenactment. I've dressed up most of my adult life, so no. Dress up. Have fun. Go with it. Play. Rachel? I don't think I've ever seen it from that perspective. Um, but also, there's just there's so many times of the year where there's some sort of celebration going off somewhere, and it allows you to just dress up with uh, if you're um, if ever you're just like dressing up to celebrate something. Like you know, Oktoberfest is here, and right. you know everyone's dressed in their later hosen. You're not making fun of it. You're just you're excited about you're joining you in the party. Yeah, you're joining the party. And then you have the people who are tongue-in-cheek that they dress up like Hitler and then they act incredibly flamboyant or something like that. They're clearly making fun of this horrible, horrible person. But I don't think it's ever been done to say, hey, you know, this group of people is inferior. I've never seen it done that way. But maybe I've just been, like, really recluse my whole life. I don't know. Andrea? It's okay to wear your flamingo costume. They don't care. Flamingo approved. And here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> I love other cultures. I love meeting other people from lifestyles, backgrounds, religions, political views that I'm not. Because here's a chance for me to learn something that wasn't even on my radar. I have no yeah. clue about it. <clears throat> and to be able to take part in it, whether it's Oktoberfest, though I will say this. Okay, St. Patrick's Day is my people's holiday. You guys find your own drunk holiday and quit fucking drinking all my goddamn whiskey. Now, if you bring me whiskey, I will share it with you and we could talk about leprechauns and pots of gold, fuckers. You guys have a great you night. We need a drunken holiday for the Scots, too. Just, like, get everyone involved so every month we have a drunken holiday. Gaber tossing all the way. And golf. Here you go, guys. Here's to sharing our cultures through costumes and other ways. We'll catch you guys on the next episode of Talk of the Tavern. <laughs>